Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for IT Help Atlanta. Brought to you by Team Logic IT, your technology advisor. Now, here's your host, Rick Higgins. Good morning and welcome everyone to the IT Help Atlanta radio show. The show that profiles small to mid-market businesses and highlights how those companies use technology to succeed. IT Help Atlanta is brought to you by Team Logic IT, your managed services technology advisor, specializing in cybersecurity, cloud, and business continuity solutions. Team Logic IT leverages cutting-edge technology to solve all types of business problems. Go to ithelpatlanta.com for audio archives of this radio show and to learn more about our sponsor, Team Logic IT. I'm your host, Rick Higgins, and today's guest is Richard Grove, the Chief Operating Officer of Wall Control. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Morning, Rick. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm really glad you're here, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, glad Richard, to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You bet. You bet. Richard, tell us tell us about who you are and what do you do? Um, yeah, so my name, like you mentioned, is Richard Grove. Um, I run uh, our brand, which is Wall Control. Um, we're a a wall-mounted tool storage system. Um, well, just wall-mounted storage systems in general. Tools are kind of how we started, but we've gone into a lot of different applications at this point. Um, we are also a family business. We were, uh, my grandfather started a tool and die shop in the 60s, and um, that's grown and evolved. Um, over the years, that's still um, alive and well. The business is strong. Um, and in the early 2000s, um, things weren't so great and it, things were slowing down. We were seeing a lot of uh, our work go offshore. And so um, uh, my grandfather and my dad had been kicking around this idea of wall control. Um, and we had actually built some prototypes for our own floor um, to have a nice solid metal pegboard system. And when things slowed down, we had tool makers that didn't have work and, you know, trying to hold on to people as long as we can, rather than lay them off. We, um, we tooled up to make this product line ourselves. We created the entity, which is wall control, um, sought patents for the system and, um, started, you know, putting the groundwork in to make a product to go to market with it. So, um, and then, uh, not to get too long winded, I came in in 2000 or 2000, yeah, 2008. Um, and it was, it, really wasn't anything at the time because my, my dad and granddad both had, you know, their regular jobs doing tool and die. Um, so this, this was my focus. I was, my background's um, mechanical engineering. I worked for the Department of Defense before I came to wall control. Um, and so as an engineer, I was doing probably a mix of 50-50 tool and die slash wall control. And over the course of a year or two, uh, it quickly became you know, I was 100% wall control uh, as the brand started to grow. So, and we've grown since then. Um, we were, at the time, we were in a, um, working out of the same building, sharing space. Um, we've moved, I think, three times, three or four times, depending on how you count warehouses since then. And now wall controls in its own 55,000 square foot facility, um, completely independent from, you know, the tool and die shop. So kind of the the history of me and where we started and where we're at now. So. Well, Richard, uh, I really appreciate the way you honor your father and your grandfather with, uh, with how wall control started and, and, and everything. 
but it really was when you came on board and and started running things and implementing uh, different marketing and sales strategies and tactics is when well control really took off right and tell us about that um yeah i mean it uh, it's kind of a function of you know my granddad and my dad had you know they're tool and die designers tool and die makers so um not that my background's in marketing but i just um, I could kind of see where that was lacking. Um, uh, it's, and again, it's, it's no fault of their own, just not their, their, uh, specialty and, um, kind of repackaging everything in a way that is appealing both to a consumer as well as a retail buyer, um, was, I think what I had a knack at and just, you know, it was kind of, I kind of fa- found it, uh, a na- it was like a natural thing for me, um, which was great. It worked out well and, you know, made wall control and me a really good fit. And so um, just approaching things differently than what they had done. I mean, you know, bless his heart. My dad would, you know, write handwritten letters and mail them to, you know, care of buyer at Home Depot, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, with <laughs> explaining how, how great the product is. And, you know, the thing I've learned is, you know, a good product is only about, I don't know. It's somewhere around 20% of the equation. I think Um, the other 80% is the economics of it. And um, if you're a buyer for a place, that's pretty much what you care about. You, you, you're not so concerned that it's a good product. I mean, it needs to be a good product, but you kind of assume that if the economics of it bear itself out. And so to, to approach it from that angle versus look at how cool this is, look at all this fun stuff it'll do. It's more like, look at this, you know, look at this opportunity here. Um, Look at how, you guys can grow your brand. We can grow our brand. You know, it's, you you almost don't even have to talk about the product. It's just, you know, a widget to them really. So, and kind of taking that step back and making it uh, not as personal, like look at this great product we came up with and, but really speak in their language is what I think helped, you know, get it off the ground when I came in the early days. Well, the story is, is great. And the growth curve that you guys have been on in the last, let's say 15 years is really amazing and impressive. What kind of, um, you know, year over year growth are you seeing in the last say two or three years? Um, We're staying pretty consistent at about 20% year over year growth, which is, you know, as you start doing, um, bigger numbers that becomes more and more impressive. Um, so we've had, you know, there's been some years where we had massive growth, you know, up to the tune of 40 and 50%. But again, as you, as you grow and you get market saturation and, um, you get in all these spaces, uh, to expect that is just unrealistic. So, um, our goal is we want to be in that 10 to 20% range. And if we can do that, uh, we're happy. And the other thing too, is at the point we're at, um, it's really, it's very dangerous to, to grow at a much greater rate than that because of how you can potentially overextend yourself from an overhead standpoint. So, um, we like a good, healthy 10 to 20% growth that's manageable and, you know, our product and our service doesn't suffer because we're stretched too thin, trying to do too much at once you got to be careful with the growth because growth is expensive and you got to husband your cash, no matter what size business you have. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're, um, we're in that, you know, there's some pretty big investments we're looking to make at the moment. Um, and you know, 
things have been kind of crazy the last few weeks for everybody. So that's, that's one whole curveball we can talk about, but um, yeah, just trying to, to balance the when and where and why, and um, all that is definitely something to consider, but we tend to make it, we're more of the, at this, at this stage anyways, more, um, we're more hesitant to make those big investments unless it's an absolutely obvious thing that we need to be doing. So, um, and we have a few things that it's gotten to that point. So um, we'll be, you know, hopefully this year settles down a little bit and then we can kind of get back on track as far as uh, looking ahead at, at, at growth and where we need to spend our cash. So um, since you, since you brought it up, let's talk about that a little bit. Here we are, it's March 25th and we're in the, you know, the second week of the, um, of the COVID disaster, I'll call it what it is, what I think it is a disaster. And um, what are you seeing out there just in the last uh, couple or three weeks with respect to uh, sales and what really has been the impact to your business directly? And then what do you see going going forward when things kind of come yeah. back to normal? Well, it, we're fortunate that in the immediate um you know, here and now, we haven't seen it negatively impact our sales. In fact, we've seen, from the wall control perspective, we've seen a, a pretty decent bump in the last week. And I think that's a function of, like, right now, people are at home. They still, you know, the work from home folks still have jobs and still have income. And our product is, you know, it's for you to organize your home and your space. So people actually have time to tackle a bit of a DIY project. I mean, it's right. super easy to install and use. So we've seen, I mean, almost um, like Christmas time type oh. uh, B to business to consumer purchasing, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, we have seen as far as disruption goes, um, our biggest customer um, is Amazon as is a lot of people that sell online. And so that's our biggest disruption because um, last week Amazon announced, which completely understandably, that they were not taking in any non-essential supplies into their fulfillment centers um, so they could prioritize, you know, medical equipment and things like that. And so um, that's put that's put their purchasing from us on hold for the time being. So we can still see the the daily sales from inventory that they have on hand and they have a good supply of our product, which is fortunate for us. But, um, so we can see that staying, that's staying pretty even. Um, they're also having some supply issues. Um, like if you're prime, you can expect slower ship times. Um, if you're not prime, it could be weeks before you get something. So they're, they have their own internal issues, but because we're so, because they're such a big customer of ours, you know, their internal issues are also our issues. So on that side of it, it's, you know, we see that, you know, coming back to normal in the coming weeks, hopefully. Um, that's the only area of concern for us in the here and now. Um, the future, that's kind of hard. You know, I don't know, you know, like I said, people still have their jobs, they're working from home, but what happens when, you know, the the dominoes start falling and all those people, you know, it, in a month from now, is that going to still be the case? And if they're not, you know, they our product is something you buy with discretionary income, if that starts to dry up, then what kind of situation are we in? So right. that's right. kind of our, the, the here, the here and now, and then the, where, 
you know, the unknowns of what it's going to look like even just a month from now. You know, it's really interesting just knowing a little bit about uh, your business, just from having worked with you for, for a few years. And full disclosure to the audience, Richard is a, a client of, of mine at Team Logic IT. And I guess it's been roughly a very years. happy client. <laughs> oh, good. thank you for that. Uh, and uh, it's been about three years or so that we've worked together. But and I knew Amazon played a big part in what you did. But I just always assumed that Amazon was more the channel and that you direct ship. But you're, you're saying they're actually a customer who buys and then resells. Yeah, we have. So Amazon, they have about really quite a few ways to sell on there, but really three main ones. Um, one is um, what you were you were alluding to. The um, it's called fulfilled by merchant. So you would buy on Amazon. It would actually you'd be you'd be buying a listing, but it would be buying from us, and then we would fulfill that order directly. And we do do that to some extent, but that's definitely not the bulk of it. Um, the bulk of it is Amazon. They send purchase orders for product, and they buy it themselves, and then they resell it for whatever price they want to sell it at. So. Um, the good news with that is we move a lot more volume, but we have a lot less control over our product because technically Amazon owns it and they're doing doing with it whatever they want to do. So like in this, in, in this instance, when they said we're not sending purchase orders, there's nothing we can do about that. So um, and then the, the, there's kind of a middle ground, too, where you would send in your product, you would pay to send your product into Amazon, and then you pretty much sell it on consignment out of their fulfillment centers. and that way you get it's still prime um but it's sold by it's not sold by amazon so you could actually control your you know the the list price on the website and you have a little bit or you have a lot more control over your unit economics so and that's that moves you know that can be comparable to um the sales velocity that you can get if amazon's buying it and selling them selling it themselves so there's also a lot of how Amazon prioritizes that is all, you know, proprietary and they got their own algorithms that even they themselves don't seem to know how they work when you're talking to like a vendor manager. So, um, you know, I, I can't help but think they prioritize their own inventory that they hold over inventory that isn't costing them right. anything. Um, right. But, you know, I it's just, it's kind of, it, it's really like a product by product thing on which product does best in which fulfillment channel. Very, very interesting. Um, I've got, I've, I wrote down some questions. I know we talked about some of this stuff in, uh, prior to the, to the show. Um, one question I definitely want to cover is uh, what, what's an aspect of your business that people tend to not think about, but that you'd like people to ask you about? Um, yeah, we, so I guess I kind of mentioned a little bit well, when I was explaining the history of the business. So yeah. when people think pegboard, um, you know, they think garages and tools and, you know, the car guy kind of uh, image comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And um, we, our products go in tons of applications. So, I mean, all the, all, we, we get pictures from customers of just crazy uses. We got one from um, the captain of a hundred foot mega luxury yacht with it in their um, engine compartment, storing all their things down there. So um, wow. I guess uh, if people asked about, or even looked on our website, we have a, we have multiple different like value kits that kind of get people started in certain areas um, like craft garden. Obviously there's tools, kitchen, um, jewelry displays, 
uh, closet organization. There's, you know, all kinds of applications. So um, it's the, the unique ways it can be used, I guess, would be the thing that I don't think people really think about and consider. But if you give it some thought or ask us about it, we can put you on some, you know, pretty cool applications. And, you know, when you when you think about products, manufacturing, you know, organization tools and stuff that's uh, made through tool and die and cut and, and shipped and whatnot, just by default, I think the typical consumer thinks that that's something that's coming from Asia. But in fact, your product's 100 percent made here in the U.S., isn't that right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's totally, um, you know, designed, engineered, made. Stamped. Everything's done here locally. So um, that's, that, that's. I should go back and say too. That's one of the main reasons why wall control, if not the main reason why wall control exists, is because in the early 2000s we were seeing all these these uh, our tools go offshore. We said we need something that's our own our own product line that cannot leave our building because tool and I, you're you don't own any of the dies you make. Someone pays you to build them, you build them for them. And then if they want you to run parts for them, then you can run parts for them. But if they call you and say, hey, we're sending a truck tomorrow, we're going to pick up our tools and we're going to send them to Mexico, there's nothing you can do. They're not yours. So um, this is one of those, you know, now we have, you know, dozens of dies that are property of wall control that we know will never leave our presses. So that was the, the um, really the driving factor for, creating a product line that we owned. Gotcha. And you mentioned the, and I want to get into just a brief discussion about uh, success stories so that you can profile, you know, one or two. You mentioned the, the mega yacht, uh, the, the big giant yacht and, and how, you know, no one could, I mean, I would never think of that, right, as a, as a fit for you. Is there any, uh, and it doesn't have to be a large scale thing, is there any success story that comes to mind where you really solved a major problem for someone and, and helped them out? Um, I would say, I, w- I wouldn't say like an individual instance, but I would say we've had a lot of, com- we have a lot of things that we're proud of, a lot of uses for our product that we know you know, things that it's doing in the field that we just think are cool. Um, so for instance, uh, uh, SpaceX, NASA, um, uh, the Navy, uh, all these different places that we know use our product, um, you know, gives us pride to know we're some small part of that. You know, when you see a, you know, a massive Falcon 9 rocket take off, you're like, we got wall control in there, you know, not on the rocket, but in the shop that built the rocket. And it's that, that little, bit of it's pretty cool um you know in the navy we have i mean i i would say probably thousands of panels on um on naval ships uh that have been purchased over the years and you know it's that's i don't know where they're at i mean it's i'm sure it's secretive we've never seen pictures of it but we just know you know we're shipping thousands of panels to puget sound um to go somewhere you know and they're and they're all tagged for these different uh, you know, USS whatever's. So, um, you know, they're going on these awesome carriers and battleships. And so, uh, being, knowing that you're, you're, you were selected to solve that need is pretty cool for us. That is really, really a great, a great story. And thanks for sharing that. Um, certainly switching gears on you a little bit. Uh, wanted to, uh, 
give you a chance to be, I guess I'd say introspective a little bit, but what do you like best about being a small business owner? Um, I think, well, kind of, you know, like this story we just talked about, I, those little things are pretty cool. Um, even from the tool and die side, we make a lot of parts that are on a lot of common things that people just don't think about. Um, from John Deere riding lawnmower seats to, you know, uh, center columns in uh, the old Ford F-250, just random weird stuff that we, we can look at and we can say, hey, either we built that or we built the tool that stamps those. Um, so yeah. that's kind of a cool thing. Um, the other thing I really personally enjoy are um, the relationships and the like creative growth opportunities. So we have a really good brand ambassador program um, where we have a lot of great partners that use our product. And um, it's just cool. Those are very creative people and they can come up with some pretty cool collaborations um, that we can execute pretty quick because we're small. We don't have like a bunch of red tape and, you know, all these different marketing departments to have to approve things through. So um, being able to uh, be versatile and um, like seizing really unique opportunities is something I enjoy. And it's something I, I get a lot of pleasure out of like trying to identify. Right. Well, uh, I think we're about to wrap up here, but I want you to um, please tell the audience what's the best way to get in touch with you and or to, to learn more about wall control. Yeah, I would definitely say the website, um, wallcontrol.com. That would be the best place to go. Um, and then you can email sales at wallcontrol.com. We have a bunch of contact us forms on our website, but definitely um, our website would be the, the resource to get you started. Well, fantastic. Well, well, John, you want to wrap us up? Absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm John Ray, business radio X and uh, Rick, you Knocked it out of the park here with a great guest. Richard's story is awesome. Great to have his story and and uh, great first show. Thanks for having me on. I, I also want to say, you know, just as a customer, we appreciate your services, Rick. So if, you know, if there's people listening that are, you know, in need of any IT solution, I would definitely reach out to Rick. We started with, I think, like one little, I don't know, even remember what we started with, some, some little thing we needed outsourced or serviced and then over the years we've just kept adding on to our uh our product package because you know as we need as we have needs in the space you know we're not it experts so we need to let the you know the pros handle that and it's been a really good fit well thanks richard we're most grateful for for you guys as a client as well and i appreciate those kind words certainly so, John, you want to? Can you wrap us up? Awesome. Well, uh, folks, thanks for uh, being with us with the debut edition of IT Help Atlanta with Rick Higgins.